what is going on? Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Juku over Zoom video. Juku is a very secretive artist. He's always photographed with a mask on. He was wearing a mask in the interview. So we don't know where he was born and raised, but we do know he spent quite a bit of time in New York, and that's really where he started his music career. Juku talks about how he got into electronic music, starting off on Logic, moving over to Ableton, having a friend in New York who was an A&R actually kind of mentor him with his songwriting. Juku talks about the idea behind his artist project, how he's able to really match his songs with these amazing visuals that he uses for every song. Every song has a visualizer that goes with it. He uses those while he performs. Juku also talks about how he has stenesthesia, which is where you see colors while you're listening to music. So the idea behind this new EP, which is called Lavender Dreams and Scarlet Nightmares, one half of the EP is the music that he wrote where he sees kind of a purple lavender color and the other side is a scarlet red. So Juku really dives into that new EP, Lavender Dreams and Scarlet Nightmares. You can watch our interview with Juku on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Juku. Thanks for doing this, man. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I accidentally put my full name in the beginning, so... It won't show up. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know you like to keep yourself secretive. That's why you got the mask. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I dig it, though. It's cool. Um, yeah, so I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new songs you have out. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds good. Sweet. So, um, well, first off, where were you born and raised? Um, so that that's actually a secret. Um, oh, it is? Okay. But I, I can let you know where, um, where I lived Um seven uh for seven years um before i moved out um i lived in new york for um a good amount of my time um i spent a lot of time like just finding myself there and i guess trying to um figure myself out as an artist so um yeah new york was a huge uh part of um i guess my place as an artist okay Cool. Yeah. So now I'm going to, I'm going to, if I ask a question like that and you're like, yeah, that's, that's uh confidential information. Just let me know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all do, we do a lot of back history. So if you don't feel, com- yeah, if, if it's part of the, yeah, if you don't want to let it, uh, let it out, that's a hundred percent. No worries. No worries. Most, most of it is just like location stuff. So that's uh, all right. Cool. Cool. What about uh, a musical household? You have, you come from a musical household um yeah i mean i grew up with my parents like listening to oldies um my mom was a singer so was my dad um i couldn't sing thank god for autotune though um <laughs> i could songwrite decently but not um yeah not a singer but okay yeah so they they are singers and uh what about you where'd you start off in music where you Put, do they put you on piano lessons or anything like that growing up or not? Yeah. Yeah. So I started with piano lessons as a kid and, and like, I didn't really pick it up really well. Um, and then, 
yeah, I think around like um, 2013 or 2014 when like Big Room came out um, awkwardly, um, I wanted to like, um, I, I was super curious on how like a lot of the sounds were made. So I pretty much just tried to reverse engineer all like all the songs that were out at the time. Like I think Animals was the first one I uh, by Martin Garrix was the first one I tried to reverse engineer. And, oh, uh, wow. So you were just hearing you were taking the songs and then trying to figure out what kind of put that together and make the song happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I do that a lot with everything in life. So I, I guess that's how I learn a lot more than like sitting in a classroom. Yeah, no, 100 <laughs> percent. I feel like the classroom is becoming like a phased out uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, especially with the Internet and everything else these days. But so when you moved to New York, did you move to New York in pursuit of music or was it just I, I want to New York's where I want to uh, be? And, and then that's kind of where you found. Yeah, honestly, um, it was a, a big part of it. I think the first reason was um, I was really in love with New York. Um, there was this time where I was going like twice a year for vacation and it was getting expensive to the point where like if I just live there, like I might as well. Save some, money. Yeah, save some money and I, I did make a big leap going over there um i did have a r friend that kind of showed me the ropes in terms of like how to make music correctly or just like have a good feel for what sounds good and stuff um and he's based he was based in new york um dave rishti um who uh was that person and he kind of helped me um guide my way and trying to find like my strengths and weaknesses and how to improve and stuff. And um, as I lived in New York, like the, the energy um, is always like hustle 24 um, seven. There's sure. a lot of great, like creative writers, artists, like across all um, I guess um, platforms of, of artistry. Um, so mm -hmm. it was, it was great just like being around that energy. Yeah. And were you uh, like writing your own songs at that point? Like, were you using, I don't know, we're using like a, a logic or like fruity loops something to, to start producing is that where you kind of got yeah, you know, yeah your your feet wet as far as that went yeah i started on logic and um i pretty quickly moved to ableton um and that's pretty much where i got my feet wet with mostly everything um but yeah like it was a it was definitely a, a crazy experience just getting started um, yeah and then putting out music for the first time, what was that like? I mean, you finally have something. Were you like prior to releasing songs or putting out your own music? Were you DJing yeah. uh, clubs and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I had a um, I had a project before this, which um, I'll keep a secret. But um, yeah, I, I had like pretty much a release every month. Um, I did some shows in, in New York um, every few months. Nothing big, of course, but... Yeah, I, I just spent a lot of time. Um, I was kind of all over the place um, as an artist. Like I was jumping from genre to genre um, and my branding was kind of like off. I felt like I was kind of, I guess, finding myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I went through a lot, um, I guess, uh, mentally um, during that time, just because I couldn't find my fit. A lot of my friends were like playing festivals and shows and stuff. And I barely get like an opening slot locally somewhere mm -hmm. so it's it, it was a lot of imposter syndrome and stuff and um but yeah thankfully Chuku came along and things um started to come together a little bit 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must have been difficult to, you know, kind of break through that and continue to go. Right. I mean, uh, a lot of people at, at a certain point, just like, uh, like, okay, this isn't working. I'm, I'm going to give up. But how did you kind of persevere through that to continue to do what you're doing? And then obviously become successful at it. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I noticed, um, I get really depressed when I don't make music and I don't work on anything that has to do um, with a music project. Like there's a couple of days where I'll go without making music and then I'd feel really crappy about how I am um, and who I am. And I guess out of like, after like a few months, um, I just realized that I really have to like just continuously make music. And um, I think that's kind of what drives me um, on top of, um, being now like I'm able to connect with artists or artists and um, people just through my music um, that drives me a lot as well so it's a mixture of me um, doing this because it makes me feel whole and um, to make other people feel whole as well yeah and you can hear that especially in the, the earlier songs that you've put out I mean finding myself even the whole album warmth I mean healing you have all these songs about kind of that self-reflective uh I, I feel like at least you know yeah yeah thank you um i think that's mainly because um the reason why i started this project is i had a lot of trouble um expressing my emotions um outside of i guess um outside of myself like i internalize a lot of stuff and i think it's because like i grew up in an asian household and um us uh like being an asian household like you're you're mentally stronger and just strong appear a lot stronger if you hold in your feelings and you don't show any like, I guess, um, mental weakness, I guess. Um, so I grew up like that and I internalized a lot of my feelings. Anytime I felt insecure or, or, um, depressed or any of that, like I, I wouldn't tell anybody. And a lot of my friends like growing up, um, shared the same, um, I guess way they were being raised and, Mm. um, I would never confide in my friends and vice versa. And so like with the last music project that I made, um, I couldn't do any of that. And one main reason that I started Juku was like, I was like, yo, I can make an anonymous project and talk a lot about all the stuff that I went through um, growing up and um, even the stuff that I'm going through right now and not feel pressured to, um i guess have any like weight towards my my real identity um and it just like continuously blossomed and i was able to like make songs about certain pockets of my life where like my friends died uh, one of my friends died or like my grandma died or or like just me dealing with like imposter syndrome and stuff like that like i i, I felt a lot more free to express myself so yeah. Yeah. You kind of are able, you're able to be vulnerable, but also kind of protect yourself in the same way. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of my, um, a lot of my first like posts on social media was just pretty much that. Like I, I would just like, um, do like a brain or emotional dump of like just everything that's, um, that's kind of like been internalized over time. And, um, I guess it really connected with people because um, a lot of people as well, like internalize a lot of their feelings. So yeah, I spent a lot of time wearing my heart on my sleeve. I still feel like I do. Um, But um, 
yeah, it's it's definitely just been a an amazing experience. Just not only to like um, be able to find myself and be able to express myself, um, and my some of my friends know who I am as well as Juku now. Um, so oh like, wow, was that like a, a did you do this kind of a hundred percent anonymous? Like you were just putting yeah. it up and not even telling your friends that it was you? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh like, wow. It was like two people in the world that knew. And then like I'll, I slowly um, told people um, as things like um, progressed, I guess. And then, um, yeah, pretty much almost everyone in like my close friend circle um, knows now. So, wow, that's interesting. So like once you started doing well or having success and no one knows it, then are you like, oh, yeah, this is me. And they're like, no way. Like what? Yeah, yeah. It, and it was tough because I was like, okay, like I'm I'm usually every other day I'm I'm uh dumping a lot of emotional thoughts on on Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff and like the main reason why I stayed anonymous was like I I wanted to be anonymous towards everyone and I can I guess spread my feelings without feeling any pressure and right. I feel like I started like as I slowly like let my friends into my um my life is Juku. Like I started feeling more comfortable talking about my feelings um, with other people. So it, it was definitely um, a lot of beautiful, like uh, rehabilitation, I guess, mentally. Um, yeah. And it, it definitely like kind of made me stronger as an individual in, in my real life to be able to know that like people um, can go through shit and still be strong um, just sure. by confronting it yeah because i bet uh, you know you're being really vulnerable and because you know that no one knows that you doing it and then obviously now you you tell a few people and then they know so it's like and then they can go back and be like oh you know what what that's what he's talking about but to 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 let people know i'm sure that was freeing in a sense too like okay like the secret's out at least to these few people yeah for sure um were you doing a lot of uh live performances prior i mean i would say prior to like the lockdown stuff before you started really releasing music as juku were you doing performances under that name and like how did were you able to navigate that with your friend group um honestly it was before lockdown um juku i think juku started around like 2019 um i just spent a lot of time working on um working on music and teaching myself how to learn visuals. Um, I pretty much made a visual for each song Yeah. Uh, ever since the genesis of Juku. Um, so I focus on that a lot. I didn't get a lot of shows just because I was still up and coming and I was focused mainly on that. Um, but um, yeah, I think, I think what picked up was after or during or after lockdown, like I, I was releasing two songs a month and two visuals a month along with that and um i got um to get on a couple really nice live streams like brownies and lemonade had one um called open ox and really thankful for them for um doing that um and then i, got, I started getting show offers i did my first headline show after covid which was pretty crazy and then mm -hmm. yeah um, you did that at mercury lounge i think i saw um or is that a different one yeah, that one's a different one. Um, the headline show that I did was um, was the one in Houston. That was my wow. that was pretty much my debut show. And then the one you're talking about is a co-headline with Squared, who's also one oh, of my yeah. yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, 
So wow. I mean, to get a headliner, not even in, I mean, to do one in Houston, that must have been, a, I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, it sounds yeah. like you're in New York at the time and traveling to headline a gig. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. I'll never forget that show. Um, and I actually um, met one of like my best fans over there. Um, she actually tatted her, uh, her wrist, um, my name on her wrist, like the day before. And um damn it was crazy seeing it in person it was just i think that was like the moment where i was like oh shit this is actually impacting impacting people and yeah instead of numbers on a computer screen it's like this this person has their my name tattooed on their wrist yeah. <laughs> like that's huge yeah wow okay so then you are continuing to release music um like what was the next success that you had uh after you know, doing the headlining shows and, you know, putting these songs out. And I know visuals are a big p part of this. Is that something you've always been interested in as well? Like yeah, that media? Um, or yeah. That, like Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like when, um, anytime I make music, a lot of, a lot of my creation involves me imagining a whole storyline. And I'm, I'm a very visual person when I'm like making music. So Anytime, like I'm creating a synth or like I, I try to get emotional with some chords. Like I, I try to put myself in some kind of, I guess, um, video game, like 3d world in my head. And, um, I try to like paint something out. And, um, I think when I, before I launched Juku and I was like in the midst of, um, getting ready to, um, I got really curious with Cinema 4D, which is a 3D rendering software. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started like doing little doodles and scribbling around and finding tutorials and um, things start, like I was able to pick it up um, pretty quickly by reverse engineering um, a lot of project files and like teaching myself that way. And um, I, after that, like I really decided to make this an audio visual project because I feel like the experience um, with just listening to music is only half the experience for Juku. So yeah, it's definitely like immersive. So with like your live sets, do you bring like a projector and play? You know, like have a visual thing behind you as well. Yeah, yeah. So what I do is I, um, I most of the time they have like a LED wall or like a like a projector, and then um, I'll work with a VJ. Um, I'll usually just cut up a lot of my visuals um into like sections and drops and i'll hand it to uh the vj and just let them know like yo you you can pretty much do whatever you want um i <laughs> organized it into sections and drops it's pretty easy to transition between the two um, uh -huh. but yeah it's that's cool i bet that's a fun piece of it as well like being able to put together the videos and the yeah visuals. yeah it's it's pretty fun like there's sometimes where like i'll um I'll turn around just to see how the visuals look, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty like excited just to see it, um, a, like just live. It brings like so much joy to my face. Anytime. Yeah, but nobody can see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can only see the eyes. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. Um, so you have? Do you have an EP here coming out? I know you've just released a, a handful of songs, and they, uh, the the cover art is similar. So sometimes I just gather that it might be a full project coming out or um yeah 
Yeah, it's um, it's an EP that I'm releasing with Demok. Um, it's called um, Lavender Dreams and Scarlet Nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the premise of of it is I discovered I had synesthesia, which is um, being able to see different colors um, when oh, with music. Yeah. So like, oh wow, I've I've, heard, I've just recently heard of this. But yeah. You have it. That's okay. I want to hear about this. Yeah. So like sometimes when I'm producing, um, like I told you how I try to imagine a 3D world, um, uh-huh. I realize a lot of my visuals in my head are either red, which is like scarlet and then um, purple for lavender. And then the red ones are like usually like my more um, darker, energetic, trappy um, type of music. And then the lavender ones are like my more emotional um feels type of music. And um, I realized like, I, I really love making both of those. And um, those two colors like are really important to me because they, um, they show up a lot in the music that I listen to. Um, so I decided to create this EP to kind of just show the two sides of Juku um, alongside something that I'm able to experience all the time, anytime I make music. So um, the EP is pretty much half Scarlet, the dark energetic side of Juku. And then um, the other side is Lavender, which is the more dreamy, feels type of Juku. Wow. So does that, do you only get that when you're creating your own songs? Or like, if you hear something, do you, do you, cause it's like colors and shapes, right? Yeah. Yeah, when when I listen to other people's music, I, I definitely hear different colors or see different colors. See different colors. Yeah. That's so fascinating to me. Like, so if you played and and now I've got a bunch of questions just on this because it's so I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. interested. Oh, yeah. But like if you so if you heard like a specific genre, would you see a certain color with per genre? Or it just kind of just depends on the like frequency of the song or whatever. I feel like it it depends on the song. Like when I listen to a lot of um I guess knock two stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of yellow and like reddish warm hues. Um, I don't know what it it is, but um, that's like the color that it gives off. And then like um, ISO is probably like green, dark green ish. Um, I, I really don't know what what's like the meaning behind like the sound. I try to put like put together like oh d- is it. Is it like the metallic part of like the snares that that create this color? But yeah, uh, it just comes. It just lights up and comes to me. So wow, yeah, I didn't know. Feel like you threw on like a country record if you'd see like a specific color. I don't know. Like it's just such a cool. I literally just found out about it like a couple of weeks ago. Somebody I was talking to. Um, I don't think they had it. They named a, a song or an album after it. And, and when I was researching, I was like, whoa, like this is such a cool thing. But you're the first person I've ever uh talk to that actually has it oh yeah yeah that's like from an early age did you notice that that you could that you're and you probably just thought like oh this is what everyone sees you know it's it's crazy because i i didn't realize it until now like i i look back on all my visuals and they're either red or purple uh, oh wow which is pretty wild um there's some like blue hues and stuff like that but it's it's literally mostly red and red and purple so that's interesting yeah. So when you're so with this EP, um, 
you you recently put out a song called Lock Up, but is that part of the thing? Because that I think that's part of the Scarlet side, right? The, the other ones that you have out now that you're talking about it have the the lavender purple hue when when it comes to like Without You or Moonlight or uh, No Turning Back, which was the most recent one prior to the one that you just put out. So now are you starting to release the the Scarlet side of the EP? Yeah, exactly. Um, no turning back for me was was a little bit more of the scarlet side. Um, it kind of is like kind of a spectrum too, mm -hmm. uh, just because a lot of uh, like Namel is a really good singer and her she provided so much like contrast to the track and it was like perfect for my I guess transition from um, the lavender side of the EP into the scarlet side because that drop is like a little bit more on the heavier side mm -hmm. uh, and then lockup is like my balls to the wall like deep diving into the like this the scarlet side okay yeah, yeah and you can even see that on the album or on the single cover for no turning back like it's almost like the whole on, at that point the whole thing is covered in lavender but it's almost like you can start to see the hue of red come through i think it's cool how you did that as well uh, thank you thank you yeah wow okay so then um once is it split up like in two sides? Like, okay, this is all the, this is going to be the lavender side or half split in half. So it's not like going to go, it, you'll hear one whole, you know, all the lavender songs in a row and then all of the Scarlet songs. In a row. Yeah, pretty much. So it's kind of like a spectrum. Like I'll start with the, I guess, dreamy, energetic um, songs in the EP. And those are pretty much like the lavender side and like, um, no turning back is kind of like that middle ground where it's, things start to transition into the shift, darker, more energetic side, and it ends with um, it ends with the heaviest one. I think it ends with um, lockup. Oh, okay. So that so you went right into the heaviest one to when yeah. it came to releasing the singles. Like, okay, yeah. and this is this is where it's headed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, are you doing any like when you perform the EP out? Are you gonna just kind of play it intermittent like are you is there going to be that arc to the performance as well yeah um i'm definitely gonna i think i'm gonna do reverse i'm gonna start off with the uh, start off heavy, heavy. yeah um but usually when i dj like i kind of like going in waves of stuff like it's mm -hmm. usually like really high energetic in the beginning um depending on the the person i'm playing with like if it's if i'm opening for stevie Oki, like i'll definitely want to bring the energy most of the time right i'm playing with like um someone more on um the chill side like i'll, I'll probably cater it to but for like like my ep release party which is in a couple weeks um i'm probably gonna start off hard and like go in waves and do a little chill and like i, I love hopping across genres too um mm -hmm. so it's gonna be fun that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Jaku, for doing this. Um, uh, it was really awesome talking to you and getting to know you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. This, is, this has been fun. I have one more question for you before I let yeah. you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Advice? Um, I would say just pretty much don't give up and just continue. Like, even if, like, you feel really bad about creating like if you feel like something that you made on on the on today like you if you feel t something that you made today was really crap like just continue and like just finish it um one thing that really helped me was 
um, making one track a day. Um, I did that for like three years and like, um, there were times where like some of the tracks, um, I'd go a week with like crappy tracks, but I kept going and I kept iterating more and more and kind of found myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, just keep going and create that volume of consistent, um, production and you got this. Bring it in that world.